0: Here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing on September 23rd. Almost at the end of this month. You know, I do these shows twice a week, and it just seems like we're moving through these months incredibly fast, but um, I guess we really are. So anyway... um, Today, we're going to talk about how to peacefully detach from limiting beliefs with Coach Krishna Avalon. So, are you someone that's been going to talk therapy for years, but you find yourself revisiting the same topics each session? Have you tried different paths to healing only to find yourself in a rut? Well, Krishna Avalon, M-A-C, says that this is because the limiting beliefs that hold us back reside in our subconscious we can only eradicate or rewire those beliefs by working with our subconscious minds. subconscious transformation reframes your body's reaction to past stressors so you can peacefully unattach from them Krishna Avalon is a subconscious transformation guide transformational business coach trained psych K facilitator life and relationship coach licensed and credentialed acupuncturist Um, and she has coached over 22,000 clients to become their best and most empowered versions of themselves okay good morning Krishna welcome to a fine time for healing
1: thank you Mandy good morning good morning
0: so I guess the the first question is um, what is um, subconscious transformation?
1: Yeah, well, the process I was trained in is called psych K, and I don't love the name, so essentially what it is is subconscious transformation. But what we're doing is we're using energy psychology is how it's referred to. So psych stands for psychology plus kinesiology. And kinesiology is muscle testing that we use in this process to establish clear communication with your subconscious. And Okay, I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. The two like main processes that I guide people through is subconscious transformation to help people peacefully unattach from a stressful or traumatic event, whether that's the past, the present, or the future, so that we can move on. This process literally creates a new pathway in the mind, so that you can have a new experience instead of continually repeating the same story, the same theme, really the same events over and over and over, which is what happens when we are in a feedback loop and when we are stuck or held in a trauma or a triggering event that maybe with our conscious mind, we intellectually understand why it happened, but if the subconscious still has attachment, we won't be able to move on. And then the other way that I work with this process is to help people create more expanded beliefs. And that just means that every single person has been pretty much creating life from a contracted or small belief about their self-worth or what they deserve. And so you don't have to know what your limiting subconscious beliefs are. You really just need to know where you're stuck, where you've been still feeling triggered, or angry um, where you feel like you haven't been able to move on in life and then also know where you want to grow okay so um limiting beliefs are something as you said
0: we all we all have basically and, and we our life really unless we pay attention to them or change them they really run our life and they they cause us to think that we are someone that we may not necessarily be or that we have beliefs that we may not necessarily have. But a lot of it is programming,
1: right? Is that what you're saying? That's exactly right. And, you know, really to no fault of anyone, you know, this can come through, through our DNA, through our lineage. And so like for me, for so many people, it happens really at the time of conception based on, like what your mother was going through and what was going on in utero, um, what her experience, her emotions, her nervous system, her subconscious beliefs were in. And then, of course, even if you're raised in a loving, healthy family environment, you know what comes through from society, from the music you listen to, from programming, what beliefs are being reinforced. And for most people... And, you know, most programming that you do watch mainstream, it does teach people that they need to look outside of themselves for something, that they're not worthy of, say, love or acceptance unless they, like, give and give and give or give their power away to be, you know what I mean? So that it just gets reinforced throughout our lives.
0: Right. I mean, that, that makes sense. Um, so...
1: Talk therapy
0: is something that works on the realm of the conscious mind, but we can't necessarily use the conscious mind to, um, to access the limiting beliefs that are holding us back. Is that, or is there more to it?
1: No, that's totally right. A lot of us, because the subconscious mind is now trending, In the health and wellness world, in the mental health world, some of us are starting to understand how powerful the subconscious mind is. The subconscious mind literally creates 90 to 95% of our lives. So we need the conscious mind to make decisions and to feed into the subconscious, but it's the subconscious that holds our beliefs, our habits, our memories, and where we're just on autopilot. So this is the place that you want to work with if you're trying to create change in your life, if you're trying to trust yourself, if you're trying to have a healthy relationship and you don't understand why you keep choosing people who treat you like crap or who are not emotionally available. This is what you want to work with if you're not happy in your job, you're not getting paid what you want, you don't feel creative or inspired or clear on what your path is
0: so if we go to talk therapy to work these things out or cognitive behavioral therapy whatever it's not we're not going to necessarily be able to change these things so what is it um, you do in which ways do you access or help your client access
1: the conscious subconscious mind yeah and that's a really great question so you know, talk therapy can be like gold, right? It saves people's lives. And a lot of people need that kind of talk processing. But it's when you're in it for like years and years and years and years and you still feel stuck and you still feel triggered and you still feel angry. That's because you're just working with that conscious mind and that's 5 to 10% of how you create life. The subconscious, and the conscious need to be working in harmony for you to really be like smoothly creating life as you want it to be. Um, otherwise, it's like pressing on the gas and the brakes at the same time. And, you know, I think pretty much all of us can relate to that kind of experience, at least in some area of our lives. But the way we access the subconscious is, you know, people come in. And we do talk about what's going on in your life. So that is conscious. The whole process is conscious as well, which is one of the reasons I love it. It's simple and you are conscious. It's not like hypnotherapy where you're going to be unconscious or in an altered state. So we talk about what's going on in your life. A lot of people have stress and triggering things and trauma and have a lot of psychic space going into something that is um it's just causing them tension in their life and so usually we will transform some stress through we call them balances in psyche there's <clears throat> the balances create what's called a whole brain state so that you can peacefully unattach from a traumatic or triggering or stressful event and then be able to have that new pathway in your mind to move on. So the process itself is very simple and we get to which balance we want to use just by talking about what's going on in your life. And then a lot of times after we transform the stress with that balance, it's like clearing the slate, clearing the path. And then we might do that again for another couple events in your life. Or we might go into what we call a goal statement and that's where we talk about what you want. And from what you want, we break it down into a goal statement that is literally you creating the belief in your subconscious mind so that it's a possibility. And if the belief doesn't exist in your subconscious mind already, it's just not going to happen. So your conscious mind might be like, oh, I deserve to make this much money. Or, oh, I deserve to be treated like this in a relationship. But if your subconscious mind it's like no, you do not, because it's never been your experience, and you've never been shown it. You won't be able to create that unless you create the belief in your subconscious. So, the process is very simple. We do muscle testing before and after the whole brain process, just to make sure there's shift. So, I hope that's clear. But so we essentially talk about it, about where you have life, and then we, which balances are appropriate for your goals.
0: Hmm. Okay, that sounds great. Um,
1: let's
0: see. So how do, we, um, how do we change memories? Or I don't know that we erase them. I guess we just make different ones. We make new neural pathways. Is that really what we're kind of doing when we make these goal statements and work towards a different um, pattern
1: of thinking? Yeah, I love that question, Randy, because that's exactly right. It's not like the memories go away, and it's not that that pathway in the mind doesn't exist. It's just that we're creating a new pathway in the mind so that you have a new experience. And I always relate it to, like, the clear path in the forest. You've taken it a million times. You can do it blindfolded. It's very clear, very familiar. That doesn't mean it's good for you. And that doesn't mean that it's true. So the stories that we're in, so much of the time, the stories that cause people stress and anxiety, they're not even true beliefs. But what the subconscious mind and the nervous system, what their jobs are, is to reinforce whatever belief you're in to keep you, quote, unquote, safe. And that safe just means familiar. So, yes, when we do this process, we're creating that new pathway And then you reinforce that new pathway with different things that I would suggest. And then if we're doing a goal statement to create that new belief, there's an action step at the end that it doesn't even have to be a huge action step, but when your subconscious mind sees that you did that, it becomes easier and easier to reinforce this new pathway so that it's more clear than the other pathway that you were on for who knows how long. Exactly.
0: Um, Kinesiology, muscle testing. What are you looking for when you are doing the muscle testing? So in other words, you talk about um, what the person's limiting beliefs are or what seems to be holding them back. And then what are you going to muscle test for?
1: That's a great question. So. In the beginning we always just ask a series of questions to make sure that we're in clear communication with your subconscious and that just means you know what your yes and your no is and if i'm doing a virtual session i'm still taking you through the process but i'm just asking to muscle test on your behalf so these these sessions can be offered in person or virtually and then the way that i was taught the muscle testing in this process it helps that there's a specific way that we do it and we do it together. I'm not just doing it on you and then making the decision, which is a lot of how some people have experienced muscle testing and that just doesn't work that well. So this way that we do it is really effective. And then, you know, say you're thinking about that stressful event and we muscle test, you're going to have a weak response. That means that you're subconscious and your brain are not in what we call that whole brain state around that situation. That's why we do site K. So we take you through the whole brain process, and then we muscle test afterwards to make sure there's been a change. And it, it is truly incredibly simple. But depending on which balance we do, there are different ways to get in that whole brain state. There is a shift that people experience while they're in it, and that's when they know, okay, I think my subconscious has expanded. Okay, we'll we'll muscle test to make sure.
0: Okay. That, that sounds really interesting. Sense? Yeah. Yeah. It is. It sounds really interesting. Um and it's it's really good because you get that feedback to see that there's actually been a change. Which I think um, is I think it's super important for the person to to see because sometimes they may not be able to uh realize the change that's taken place, but that's a concrete way of looking at it and seeing that they're moving forward. So how many times does it take to change a limiting belief through this process?
1: Yeah, both really great things to mention. So the shifts that happen for people in the balances sometimes they're very subtle. And even me knowing like 1000% intuitively that I wanted to train in this process, After I was done with all the trainings, I still wanted to offer that transformation and stress balance to, like, many, many people just so I could hear their feedback of what they were experiencing. And every single person was writing to me, even without me asking, telling me about the shifts that happened in their lives. And so for me, you know, because I've been a practitioner for 20 years, and what I've already been doing is an embodiment. It's something I, you know, it's... It's so natural. This this is newer work for me. And so even though I knew all the way I wanted to do it, I still wanted to, like, get that feedback from my clients because the testimonials that I share help people understand what's possible in this work. So I've had people I've worked with just one time who are like, hmm, I want to experience this. What is this? I call that somebody that's just kind of exploring. And sometimes people are still integrating One session for months, other people are like, this is what I've been looking for my entire life. All of a sudden, I'm able to say no easily, have crystal clear boundaries, not feel bad when I don't do what my family wants me to do or my partner. You know, they're having shifts that are so easy that they weren't able to make before. And then they want to come in weekly. So I have like a single-session option, and then there's like a package of three. You can do a lot in three sessions because in one session, we're definitely doing one or two balances. Oftentimes we get to three because I am very intuitive and I am a space holder. So I see you and I hear you, and I'm very intuitive, so it does allow us to get to more balances, whereas you might go see another Psych K practitioner, you might get to one balance. Um, And then I have other people who want to do the transformation of their lives in 10 sessions, and I'd say within, like, four or five sessions people's lives, I mean, they're already different. Like, even their therapist or their partners or their family members are like, who are you? What? You're so different. Like, you're not Mm -hmm. angry around this to be so upset about or you're moving with all this grace. And that's because when we work with the subconscious beliefs, you're literally changing the energy you put out in the world, and then what comes back to you. So, I hope that answered your question. Yeah, no it, three, you start- yeah. Is, is no, it um, you did. Yeah. No,
0: it takes It sounds phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, I get that. It doesn't need to take um forever. Which, you know, I do um coaching work, and I also have a um a trauma um therapy that I use to help people release the intensity of the emotion. And it's truly amazing to me that there are so many ways that we can correct but change the way, change people's patterns to make them live um, just in a more successful, happy life, be more comfortable in their skin and in their head. Um, And psychology is so um, antiquated when it comes to these kind of things. And it's so important to get the message out, I think, to people that these can be changed very easily and very quickly, and you don't have to spend four or five years every single week sitting in a therapist's chair. Um, So, you know, I love hearing um, that you have this method that makes it so much easier for people to do this
1: right? And I'm sure like when you found your work as well, you were like, Oh, my God, had I known this sooner, right? Or this is the thing that I've been hoping for and wanting for so long, because I was just able to make shifts that I wasn't able to make before and do that really quickly. And for much of my life, I felt very lost, and very confused. Like, why can't I have these things that seem so easy for other people? Or well, why can't I make these changes when I've been doing these actions, like, you know, having my lists of like things I wanted to do, but it's because it's the subconscious that's the big heavy hitter. Yes. And what
0: happens is that can't make those changes that they feel like they should be able to make, then they turn on themselves. And they began to beat themselves up over, well, I should be able to, why can't I, I'm dumb, you know, I'm I'm not qualified, I'm stupid, all those kind of things. And those are the messages that we begin to tell ourselves when we can't make these changes, not understanding that these aren't accessible from the conscious mind. And so it's important for people to really hear what you have to say, Krishna.
1: Thank you so much, Randy. I feel like this is truly my love language. I am here to love, and I'm here to be loved, and I'm here to hold space for people to know that we are limitless beings who are worthy of the very best that love and life have to offer. And I know that I'm a natural space holder, and I've been a healer for lifetimes, and this work is really special to me. And I've been exposed to I'm sure you have too, like so many cool things in my many years as a practitioner, but like this is really where it's at for me right now. But <laughs> so thank you. Yeah, I mean
0: it sounds like a really wonderful process and gentle. That's what's so special about it. It's very gentle. It doesn't put the person doesn't put the person through the trauma in order to release um you know the the limiting beliefs or these um patterns that are holding um people back the self sabotaging beliefs um you also are you also practicing acupuncture i know that you are an acupuncturist licensed
1: yeah <clears throat> i mean i am in a different way than i was pre-pandemic you know i am just working with people who for for one i used to bill a lot of insurance (laughs) i'm not doing that anymore i really would love to move into coaching only just so that i could work from anywhere for one um and help people make those changes they haven't been able to make but i am a really good acupuncturist and i have had you know, patients that have been working with me forever. And and so, you know, you form like these beautiful relationships and I treat their entire family. So, yes, I am, but I'm really moving more into coaching. And I just am not on social media much, but I did just post on Instagram yesterday about how not all acupuncture or site K or whatever you're doing is going to be the same. You want to find somebody who has extra senses you know they're not just credentialed they didn't just do a bunch of education like they have intuition they have space holding skills and i feel like so much of how people heal is by being seen and heard
0: yes i agree um and it sounds like you know you do have that gift which is um is wonderful people know when they're working with somebody and it is um They feel that they're just in, they're in very good hands. They're in, what am I trying to say? They just feel confident and trustworthy and, you know, that the person that they're working with can truly help them. I think that's a big part of it is knowing that the person that you're working with, having faith that this person has a way to help you and that you feel comfortable working with them. Very important, I think for that to for that all to resonate
1: yeah, I mean it is for me I'm picky about who uh, holds space for me and I want to feel held I want to feel nurtured I want to feel seen I mean that's huge and I tell this story because the the teacher I had I, I did all my trainings with her all four trainings here um, with her I actually ended up buying her house, which is why I say here but <laughs> when I if, I hate session years and years before the training. I, kn- I didn't feel different actually, Randy. And I I know it's because she wasn't, like I didn't feel seen or heard by her. I didn't feel like mm-hmm. she was intuitive. Talked about okay. herself almost after the entire time. I know she was trying to relate, but just because somebody's like their teacher, they've been doing it for a long time, it doesn't mean that they're your space holder. And I knew that I wanted to train in the process, and she is my teacher, and I have incredible admiration for her. But she wasn't my facilitator.
0: Okay, well that makes sense. That makes sense. And you sound very intuitive and very um, gentle and loving. Um, I can hear that you know comes through in your voice. So, so, how would someone know that they are stuck in? beliefs that are not, um, help you know, are not helping them in their lives or moving them forward.
1: Exactly. You just need to take a look at your life and look at how are my relationships? Am I content with how I'm relating or how people are relating to me? Or do I feel stuck? Like, do you feel like you're connecting easily? Do you feel like your relationships are nurturing? Are you always having to give? Are you attracting people who are this, that, and the other? You know, take a look at that. Take a look at what work feels like for you. Is it inspiring? Are you getting paid what you want? Do you feel like you're where you want to be, like you're on your path? You know, basically look at your life and look at where maybe themes are repeating for you or where you feel stuck and don't know how to make a change don't know what that would look like. And then also know where you want to grow. You know, a lot of us are like, pandemic is a good example because so much, so many of us were just grateful to not be dead. And that, that is something to be yeah. grateful for. That's true. And to have a roof over heads, and to have food and to have family members who weren't sick. And that's plenty to be grateful for. But it's okay to want more. It's okay to dream really big. And to just allow the possibility that so much more is possible than you can even imagine. And that's how I like to guide people. That lights me up. Because it's like if you have something that you are pretty psyched about, what else is possible? And that's not being greedy. It's just a matter of like tapping into your own human potential and the possibilities that exist for you here on planet Earth, because you chose as a soul to be here.
0: So true. I absolutely believe that. So you talked about themes, repeating themes, and <clears throat> I think we need to talk about that a little bit, or we should talk about that a little bit, because um, when themes repeat in our lives, and they are not themes that are, you know, positive, um, or they keep, ca- keep causing us, grief in our lives. A lot of times people will feel like, almost like um, this is just the direction their life is supposed to take and they're supposed to just continue down this road, that they really have no control, no ability to change those patterns. It just keeps happening and okay, they just feel victimized by it. So let's talk about what happens when we keep having these repeating patterns. Um, it's usually an indication that something within us is going on.
1: Right, Krishna? Yeah, and that's absolutely correct. And again, the subconscious won't believe something unless it's then your experience or you've been shown that you're worthy and deserving of something. A lot of us are like, oh, I'm only worthy of this much money or this much support or this much ease in my life because maybe you've just never known ease. You've only known struggle. I'm just speaking from my own experience. Maybe you've only been shown that you're only worthy of being treated like this in a relationship, but you need to give and give and give to receive someone else's love back. That's a lot of people's beliefs, especially women, especially women who were raised in a religious environment You know, we were taught that, like, to be a good girl or to be a good person or a good mother, to constantly give yourself away. you got to do things you don't want to do. you got to always be sacrificing or that if you do things for yourself, you're selfish. You know, your conscious mind might start to come out of that and be like, I deserve some time for myself. But again, if your subconscious is like, no, you don't because you'll be selfish if you do, that's where you're going to keep repeating. Right. And that produces
0: guilt. A lot of people live life um, largely based on the guilt that they have about what they should, Mm -hmm. should, should and should not do. And what you were saying about, yeah, what you're saying about being a giver and a pleaser and a doer and a sacrificer. And um, so you're right. So, I mean, so many of my clients feel that way too. It's not even just women, it's men too, that you know, have that belief that um, to be that do-gooder all the time and that they have no worth other than that. And um, it's amazing, you know, because I I often ask people, you know, if you weren't pleasing people, would they like you? Do you think they would like you? And they generally say no. Exactly. Exactly. That defines who they are. It defines what they're worth
1: in life. And I'm sure in the work that you do, because I know you work with people recovering from narcissistic relationships or being in relationship with someone or growing up with someone like that, and that's exactly right, contract those kind of relationships because, first of all, that's what's familiar or that's what we know. That doesn't mean it's the best for us. It just means that that's what we know. And then that's all we feel worthy or deserving of because that's what we've known.
0: Exactly. I remember, you know, in the first, I would say probably the first 30 years of my life, um, I just had this belief because so many, everything just one thing after another, it was one problem after another, and things just didn't seem to work out, you know, ever, ever, ever. And I remember hitting a point in my life where I went, okay, something's up here. (laughs) This just, You know, am I going to be like this for the rest of my life? Is it just going to be one thing after another for the rest of my life or what's going on here? Um, And that's when I began to realize that I was it was me. I was the I was the common denominator there that was creating all of this and that I could change that. But unfortunately, I did not have any quick methods to do it. You know, this was a long time ago. And I just had to do it from sheer will, <laughs> which was and it was hard to change those patterns. But I did because I had to. Um, but now yeah. there's, it's so there's so many more gentle ways to make these changes that it doesn't have
1: to be so hard. Right. And some of us, you know, because of those survival strategies, we are able to get so much done and accomplish so much all on our own because that's how it had to be done for us to survive or or protect our children. But then imagine considering the possibility that you are worthy or deserving of being held, being supported, being cared for, being able to relax, being able to be at ease, having freedom. You can imagine how that would change your entire experience. And that's a lot of who I work with. Um maybe a lot of like really successful productive high achieving super boss babes who have just accomplished so much in their lives, you know, in that masculine like energy of producing, but now they are like forty or fifty and they want love, they wanna be nurtured in relationship they want they don't understand why they're not more creative or receptive or open or able to surrender. And, and that's a lot of what I help these days. And I seem to be coaching a lot of people in love, which is awesome of feeling worthy and deserving of those relationships that we really want to have with a partner. And it's interesting because I also have
0: noticed that um, most of my clients come to me in their forties and fifties, sometimes in their sixties, but it seems, it, it seems to be a point in time where people just, it, the status quo or how they've been doing things, all of a sudden is just not enough. Or there's something that's gnawing at them that they've been able to, to sort of smooth over for so many years. And then all of a sudden they just cannot do it anymore in their face and they need to make changes. Do you, do you have any thoughts as to why that occurs at those, you know, it, around this 40, 50 age group?
1: I mean, I think that, you know, for me, I'm 48 and I know that in my life I'm thinking about how do I want to be set up as a person getting older and for the rest of my life. And, um, you know, we look back, we have a life to look back on as well. And we're like, hey, like life is actually precious. Time is moving very quickly. What can I make the most of with my time in this body on earth? So. You know, probably stuff like that it just seems
0: to all come to a head you know for some reason where people just it and I know for me it was for- forty two was the age um, in which I all of a sudden i couldn 't live the way I was living anymore i just couldn't, and it wasn 't even a process of thought, it was just. I just couldn't do it anymore, and this is what um, I see a lot of my clients. It's like they just can't anymore, um, and there's something that happens around that time where yeah. uh, we need we just feel like it's we change or we're just not going to make it.
1: It's like this yeah. wake up call, right? <laughs>
0: Exactly.
1: And that is that midlife point too, right? Like on average, it's like, okay, for me, it was, you know, I try to not be too, too influenced about how I should or should not be with my age. Cause I am like, you know, I'm shocked that I'm 48. I have more energy than most people in there at 30. Um, you know, I'm aging kind of well, cause I'm half Asian. <laughs> I'm happy and i <laughs> Through, but you know for a lot of people i think we feel like we should be at a certain point at a certain age and so you know that puts people into and i would say that the number one fear that people have that i've worked with with myself too is being alone and mm. i i've transformed some stress within myself about feeling alone and being alone maybe as an older person especially um Gosh, and it's been just so incredible to not have that be taking up so much of my conscious or subconscious space um, and just remembering, like, well, for me, I believe that we reincarnate. I believe that my soul (laughs) does not die. And so for me, that is incredibly comforting because it helps me remember how temporary everything is and that there's so much more beyond this physical realm and this body in this lifetime. I
0: completely agree with you. Um, And I have that same thought process as well. You know, and the, the, I know every decade has gotten better for me because my prior to 30, my life was a a train wreck. But you know, from forty to fifty was good, and then fifty to sixty was good, and now I'm in my sixties, and it's the best it's ever been. So it just keeps getting better and better, you know. <laughs> um, and I don't, I don't look old. I don't feel old. Um, you know, I don't even, I don't think of myself as being old. It's an age, but you know, <laughs> I don't relate to it very well. <laughs> um, you know, but I think it's, it is. We do need to keep. Um, focusing on the best versions of ourself and what we can be um, and not letting things hold us back because of things like limiting beliefs and um, other people's opinions and what society says and all those kind of things. We really need to, you know, I'm I'm pretty, I'm a pretty strong advocate of self-validation and um, I think that when you can self-validate that, you're good as gold. I mean, you can just, just forge straight through life and not worry about things. Um, so many people rely on that external validation, but I, you know, I love, I really love the work that you're doing. So what else can you tell us about your work and um, maybe a story or something like that, that where you've seen a huge transformation?
1: Yeah. <clears throat> Well, my lens currently is the nervous system and the subconscious mind. So all the work that I've done, all of my experience within myself and my training, this is where it's at. I feel like if you can learn to regulate your nervous system and come out of fight or flight and connect what your body is experiencing to your thoughts, you're going to be able to learn to trust yourself and feel safe in your body and feel safe in this present moment. A lot of people with stress and trauma, they don't feel those things. And so anxiety can be a distraction because there's some other thing underneath the anxiety. So I work a lot with the nervous system, specifically the vagus nerve, and just teach people gentle practices to start training the nervous system. And you can find some of those on my resources page of my website, some that patients just really love and find super helpful. I also guide this very big breathwork practice. It's pranayama breathwork. It is not relaxing. It's not soothing. It's a big kind of breathing practice to clear trapped emotion off the body. Mm. So yours, societal, lineage, whatever it is, There's a, there are a couple of those on my website as well. And then There's this subconscious belief, and I just feel like you work with those things. That's the path to freedom, and mostly I'm guiding people all day, every day, whether it's acupuncture or psyche or bigger work with transformation, to just let go of the stuff that's not even who you are. It's not about taking in more things. It's about getting rid of the stuff that's not yours, and it's not who you are. (sighs) So that's a great point. Yes, (laughs) great point. Yes,
0: that's exactly right. I'm glad that you said that. We don't, we're not changing ourselves. We're just getting rid of what's not ours, what doesn't work. Um, And talk a little bit, talk a little bit about the vagus nerve. I mean, there's, this is um, something that probably in the last 10 years has gotten so much more popular in so many different ways. And I know that... um, Breathing, exhaling can relax the vagus nerve. Um, so
1: talk about a little bit how that is all related to this. Yeah. I'll give you a couple of tricks for the listeners, but definitely the resources page are some practices that are pretty helpful to people. Okay. So the vagus nerve okay. is nerve in your body. It relates to everything about how you feel at safe or at home wow. in your body. And a lot of us, like me, my mom didn't feel safe or accepted when I was in her womb. And so you start to receive that information at the time of the utero. I have had digestive upset or issues my whole life, and I know that's why, because of the nervous system. So a lot of times when people come for acupuncture, I'm really just helping them feel soothed and supported in their nervous system to create spaciousness to drop down into parasympathetic to rest and digest so the body can let go so that the stomach and the belly and the digestion can move with ease and not be like "Mm -hmm," all revved up in fight or flight or go, 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 or like coffee vibes. And so simple ways to work with the vagus nerve would be to like sing or hum or gargle really hard a couple times a day. You can activate that. You can definitely meditate. Vegas Nerve loves that. And then there's a process called VU that I love so much. I'll do it in the car while driving on the highway if I feel like my body's getting tight um, or in the bathtub. And so instead of OM, which you feel more up in your heart, it's called VOO, which is V-O-O. And, like, the sound of it is something like a ship coming through the fog to harbor. Very deep, very low. And the idea mm-hmm. is that you feel the vibration in your ve- in your belly. So you would take a deep breath. And then you would...
0: Like a foghorn. It sounds Correct. like a foghorn. Right. <laughs>
1: Exactly, and you do that as long as you can, and you feel it in your belly, and then you take another deep breath, and you do that three to five times. So those are a couple ways to work with the vagus nerve. Um, And then working with your body's sensation in a few different ways to relax or release or melt tension or stress. What that does is it sends signals to the brain that it's safe to relax and let go and be at ease instead of trying to talk your mind into being quiet, which doesn't work for a lot of people. So that's some vagus nerve stuff. And then with the subconscious mind, things you can do on your own would be first of all, be mindful what you're scrolling. You receive information by sight, sound, touch, intuition, smell. And so even though we're so desensitized with all this scrolling, everything that you scroll and see is being picked up by your subconscious and your nervous system. I don't watch movies much because of that. I'm very picky about what I watch on TV, if anything at all. Same thing with your music. What's being repeated? Is that empowering or is it disempowering? Does it inspire love or does it inspire something else? You know, be choosy about what you're feeding yourself. And then the subconscious prefers images over words. So like if you're doing, for instance, like an action board slash vision board, rather than have words of the things you want to create in your life, which is going to activate more of the conscious mind, use images of how you want your life to look and feel and set that somewhere that your subconscious will see several times throughout the day. And mm-hmm. then take action steps that would help create that life. But that's very powerful. So what do you
0: say to people who say, um, and I, and you kind of talked about this earlier, but I just kind of want to drive this home. You know, I, there's limitations to what I can be, who I can be, what I can have, what I can achieve. How do we know that we, how do you
1: know that we don't have these limitations? Well... I'll give an example. I've been dating for the first time in my life since the beginning of summer. And it has been so good for me. And I wouldn't have even been able to like, even consider I never thought I could be on a dating app. However, I've done enough subconscious work now to feel safe being seen to trust who I am. My boundaries are clear. My intuition is clear. So I've learned how to use it. Granted, I haven't been on there in a long time now because I met somebody, but it was enjoyable for me. It wasn't this stressful thing. It didn't make me feel shitty about myself. And then I've had such an incredible summer with this guy, like so much romance, so sexy, (laughs) honestly best sex in my life all summer. And I'm like, Wow just, you know, many times just kind of in awe about how much I love my life. And then I'm also like, if I can imagine this, like, what else is possible? So it's just a matter of, like, you being curious. Like, what is your creative potential? How much love can you experience? How much money can you receive and feel supported and then be inspired in the world to use that in a way for good or for freedom or for joy or for pleasure. A lot of times in balancing with people that they want to create the belief that they deserve to be present in their lives to experience joy, that they deserve pleasure, that their joy or their pleasure is their compass instead of what they think they should do. So
0: I don't and know. How do you, well, And how do you feel I've, how do you feel about like the timing of things? Um, Because, you know, in my experience, after six decades, over six decades of living, um, what I've learned is that things come in their time and not necessarily in the timing that we expect them to. What is your thought about that?
1: Yeah, that's a good one, because I've done a lot of work with myself, but I've still had to be patient and for me I've had to learn to deepen into trust of myself and trust of my path when I'm like what I've done all this work I thought I was past this stuff Mhm deepening and knowing that oh other parts of me needed to be activated oh what am I here to learn right now from this experience so yes to timing when you notice that you're frustrated, it's like checking in and being like, what am I here to learn from this experience? What am I trying to master? And then if you're hitting a lot of distance, I would say that that's not the path for you.
0: Hmm. Okay. That's That's great. Great advice. I like that. What is your website? <clears throat> Tell us what your
1: website is, please so we can yeah, go there and look at all that you have to offer. Thank you. It's just my name, Krishna Avalon. And then same thing on Instagram and same thing on LinkedIn. Okay. I've been off of personal for over a decade. I don't miss it at all. But there is like a work page I have there that I forget about all the time. So really my website tells you everything about Site K and the subconscious transformation work I do and my story and More about me and my offerings, but Insight K and my coaching can all be done virtually or in person. That's great. That's so wonderful
0: that we can do that. I do most of my coaching work virtually. I mean, it's actually I think I do it all virtually, because even when people are local, it's just easier for them to be in their place and me in mine, and they're they're so much more comfortable when they're in. How many people? come to you and they're in their beds or, you know, laying back on their sofas. I just I love that. Or the cat, all of a sudden the cat's tail comes across the screen. <laughs> but yes. you know, it's I it's it. it's great to be in your environment, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so is there a message you'd like to leave us with, Krishna? It's been great talking to you. Thank you, Randy.
1: Just know that you are limitless. In what's possible as a creator, and that you are worthy of the best that love and life have to
0: offer. That's a perfect way to leave everybody. And um, and so your website is Krishna Avalon, K R I S H N A A V A L O N dot com. And um, for anyone who's listening and would like to learn more about what Krishna does, or even get some of the free. Um, tips and exercises that she offers, that's where you can go. Well, it's been really wonderful talking with you today. I really appreciate you coming on and being my guest today. Thank you,
1: Randy. That was super fun. Thank you. Have a beautiful day, everybody.
0: <laughs> Thank you. You too. Take care. Bye-bye.
1: So we are out of time today, but if you have
0: any comments or questions about today's show, you can email me at loveyourlife at randyfine.com. May joy and serenity always be yours. Goodbye. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Visit randifine.com, R-A-N-D-I-F-I-N-E.com, and be sure to
1: sign up to receive updates on the latest blog posts, events, and upcoming shows. Thank you for listening.